Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I don't know about you guys, but I am fired up. And that's, you know, despite being just a little bit sleep deprived because it was less than 12 hours ago that all of us left Crypto.com Arena after the Lakers took a commanding 3-1 to lead over the Golden State Warriors. We have a whole lot to get to in the show. So come on, let's go. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. I mean, the building, it was shaking in the fourth quarter last night. The Lakers, they took a commanding 3-1 lead. They're only one win away from the Western Conference Finals. But are the Warriors done? We're going to take a deep dive into that. And the Heat, they are also only one win away from a trip back to the Eastern Conference Finals. So hear what Julius Randle had to say about the team who wants it more. Plus... We're back in Boston, big game five tonight. So big perk, Danny Green, they give us their pep talks ahead of what is sure to be a must-see showdown. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today presented by PNC Bank. Richard Jefferson is here with us. Danny Green is in the house today. We have Zach Lowe stopping by. Kendrick Perkins is going to be there. What? What? I'm outstanding. I'm just excited. It's a beautiful day. It's Monday. Let's get it. It's definitely Tuesday, but that's that's. Neither here nor there. I feel like I need to say this. It wasn't that long ago. The Lakers, they started the season at 2-10. and Mm -hmm. The Miami Heat were this close to being knocked out of the play-in tournament. And now we are here. We're going to start the show across the street in Crypto.com Arena because it was all about Lonnie Walker in the fourth quarter last night, Richard Jackson. I had multiple people text me, who the hell is Lonnie Walker? And I was just having to explain to them. It's just like... It has been a journey for this young kid, but it was amazing to watch last night. He was talking about it after the game, after he's been in and out of the rotation. Injury needed to stay ready, and you need to stay ready when you get those kind of passes from Steph Curry, Dan. Yeah, well, Lonnie's a former Spur, so I think the metal fortitude he has from coming from there, yeah. I think he knows what it is to be ready in these type of moments. But Steph is just unbelievable. Yeah, Steph was unbelievable. And look, he was the point guard. He was doing it all. He was handling the ball because that was so effective for them. Him in pick and roll at the point of contact. And so once he was doing that, it was tough. But Lonnie Walker, it was like every big shot in the fourth quarter when they needed one, when it was, look at this, down two, bucket, three and a half to go. Down, down one minute, minute, two minutes to go. And that's well defended. Look at Steph's body language there. He's he playing knew. great defense. So Steph was great offensively, but defensively they made him work, and that's what took a toll on, on the offensive end of the floor. And yeah. you can tell at the end of the game he was a little, a little shaken, a little tired. Steph Curry sizing up Anthony Davis, pulls back, playing with his food a little behind the back. One more time. Didn't quite get it to go, but that is a shot that Steph can make. Rebound, Draymond Green, once again, Steph Curry. This is the one that I thought, okay, that looks like it could have been good. No, that looks I like think, it could have been a better shot. Yeah, I think that was a tough <laughs> okay. one. But for Steph, it's always Right, that's the thing. It's Steph range. Shot. It's all Steph But range. at the end of the game, one-point game, I think you try to get to the basket. Yes, you're only down one. 15 seconds to go here. Draymond Green attacking and then turns it over. We're going to dive into that play a little bit more with Richard in just a couple of minutes. But the Lakers, they hang on here, get the win. One more chance, jump ball. 
A timeout left. Oh. Couldn't quite call it. They had a timeout that they didn't have a couple of games ago, and now a timeout that they should have called. Right there, boom, timeout. That's it. Steve Kerr, everyone should have been yelling timeout. And then, you know, again, Danny knows this. We talk about this. Hey, we got one timeout. Hey, we got one timeout. Hey, we got one timeout. Referees will tell you when you're inbounding the ball, hey, you have no more timeouts. <laughs> so you got to know this stuff. Given all that communication, it's amazing how many miscommunications we've seen in these playoffs about timeouts. Nonetheless, the Lakers, they get the win. Let's take a listen to Lonnie Walker after the game. I mean, truthfully speaking, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a scorer mentality first, you know. So um, first shot in the four, first shot in the first. I mean, they don't really mean any difference to me, honestly. You know, I've been shooting a lot of shots my entire life. So, um, you know, I got a lot of confidence in myself. I know my value. Um, the greatest feeling you can ever, ever imagine. Um, you know, as a kid, this is something I've been dreaming of doing, not just being a part of the playoffs, but impacting it, yet alone winning the playoffs. Uh, the fruition kind of came today. Um, I think it's self-explanatory, obviously, how special he was in the fourth quarter. You know, for him to be a young guy in his league, um, and, and just consistently every single day showed up, be him tonight in that moment. And, uh, you know, the game ball definitely goes in. We don't win without him. So it was a huge win, right, for the Lakers last night. They hunkered down defensively. They held Golden State to just 17 points in the final frame. That ties a playoff low for the Warriors. But I want to go back to that final possession, Richard. What did you see? Well, I saw a play that we're very, very familiar with in this league. It's been run for 20-plus years. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very good play. So let's roll, let's roll the initial tape. Because, look, Lonnie Walker. The stud, the man, it was impressive. 15 seconds, three. But listen to the origins of this play. George drew it up and baseline and even said, got to jump out of bounds, jump out of bounds. I had big hands, I could palm the ball. So jumping out of bounds gave me more time. I was athletic, so I had pretty good hang time. My name's Ham. If the Hammers played names after you, it's named after you. I'm like, yeah, I'm Ham, Hammer, like you don't get it, but. Is that I'm humbled by it. So what do the Warriors run? They <laughs> I didn't run know that. The play. I did not know that either. It was I, I knew Hammer, but I did not time. know it was after Darvin Ham. But Darvin Ham's familiar with this play. So you get the ball in, and you basically set a back flare screen to the corner, and it can cause confusion. But if you know the play, now there's multiple different variations. There's free throw line, or you can do it from the block. You can do it off the drive. But it was like they knew the play was coming, and yeah. it was like there was no outlet for Draymond. I mean, I think look LeBron at Dennis Schroeder's face. LeBron yeah. knew. There. I think LeBron knew that play before. He's seen it before in his time of 20 years of playing. You can't. I mean, everyone. Play. Wait, first of all, don't don't say that. How many times have they run hammer for you in your career? Uh, quite a bit. In okay, San Antonio, so, yeah, for sure. And in, and when I was in Lakers, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So everyone runs hammer play, and that's not to it's not to criticize Steve Kerr for the sure. play call because there's like, okay, this is your read, this is your read, this is your read, but it is a very very common play, and I think when they saw what they were setting up, it was pretty much like, okay, you go here, you go here, I've got this, everything was covered. Right, LeBron was literally just orchestrating the entire. thing thing saying oh wait I've seen this a couple of times this this play is literally Everyone has seen it a couple of times after our coach really interesting so I mentioned right the Warriors they only had 17 points in the fourth they were almost outscored by Lonnie Walker by himself he hit the same amount of shots from the floor as Golden State did as a team in the final 12 minutes so you guys are going to want to listen to what Darvin Ham had to say in the locker room after the game I remember somebody in the huddle saying let's be great let's go be great Everybody communicating about the coverages. Everybody communicating about the matchups. But at the end of the day, pulling it together and competing your ass off. 
And last but not least, Lonnie Walker. You never know, man. You young guys, you never know. And he got put back in the fire, and he was cooking. And so, uh, shout out to you, Lonnie. So it was a performance that harkened back to Lakers royalty, right? Lonnie Walker, he was the first Laker to have 15 or more points off the bench in the fourth quarter of a playoff game since who? Since Kobe Bryant, who scored 17 points. Get this, 26 years prior to the day. Damn, wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, Danny, I mean, you're, you're no stranger to these big sort of quarters. What did you see from Lonnie Walker? He came in with extreme confidence, and I think his team had the confidence behind him. Once he got into rhythm, once he saw a shot go in, I think he loosened up a little bit. But he's been known to do this all year. You know, beginning of the season, before the trade deadline, before they picked up different pieces, Lonnie was a, a, a scorer on this team. Yeah. And he played well in the beginning of the year, so he's very capable. Um, he just came in, said full confidence, and they attacked Steph, um, which they were trying to do all, all series and make him work defensively. Once he got to rhythm, I think it was just tough for Steph to, to stop him. And that's been the question for the Lakers, right? Where is their offense going to come from? Their confidence has always been on the defensive end. And Lonnie Walker, look at this moment post-game with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Jared Vanderbilt, the entire team hyping up the performance. But then we have to turn to the defending champions because all of a sudden, they're staring down a 3-1 hole. So here's what they had to say last night about the tough task that's ahead of them. Um... 3-1, um, you go home and you take care of business and you get a win and um, you, the momentum is right back in your favor. So that's all it is. You don't, you know, somebody has to win four times and um, that's why uh, that's why you play it out. Uh, I mean, we've made history before. You know, the goal is to win one here. It's about just staying present, not looking ahead and heating the challenge uh, back at home. But obviously, just focus on winning game five and take it from there. You can't fast forward to the to the end, but we have a lot of confidence in our ability to you know, take the good things from tonight and you know protect our home court. So that's all you can do right now. Gotta maintain you know positivity, knowing how tough this was tonight, but long way to go. All right, bringing in Kendrick Perkins, Zach Lowe. Mr. Carrion, I'm going to start with you here. It's been, it's been a minute since we've done percentages. What percentage yeah. chance do you give the Warriors to come back and win this series? Zero. Zero. They're done. They're done. And, and look, I say that with the utmost confidence in the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James. And I don't want to hear about... Clay Thompson and Steph and the horrible shots that they took late in the game because we live with them when they do take them. I don't want to hear about Draymond Green turnovers because he's been allergic to the basket all season long and he always looking to pass out. But let's talk about the Los Angeles Lakers and how they're legit title contenders. Let's talk about their depth. When you look at this playoff run that they're on right now, I've witnessed Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimara, Dennis Schroeder, uh, D'Angelo Russell, I witnessed uh, Lonnie Walker last night. Those guys have stepped up throughout the course of the playoffs, which shows me that the Lakers got great depth. 
And at what point are we going to sit back and say, you know what? This team is actually built to contend for a title. When are we going to say that this team actually has a championship caliber defense? They shut them down. They were bought, they were on their behinds like apple by the pants <laughs> to start that fourth quarter. Closed the gap within a minute and a half, right? And tied the game. So holding the team to 17 points, we got to give credit where credit's due when we talk about playing defense at its highest level. And when I look at the Los Angeles Lakers, they have been consistently, since the second part of the season, on to this part of the playoffs, the best uh, defensive team in the league. I'm sorry, I just had a flashback to the acid-washed washed apple bottom jeans that I definitely used to wear. But yeah. Zach, I was going to ask yeah. you what percentage do you think, what do you think of those percentage chances if they're too high or too low but you can't get any lower than zero? So I'm going to go this way. What do you think is the biggest reason to be optimistic that the Warriors can pull off a comeback? Well, first of all, first of all, I want to applaud Perk for his percentage consistency because the it's last time we did zero. this, yeah. he said the Lakers, he said the Lakers had a 100% chance of coming out of the West like a month ago. So naturally, the Warriors would have a 0% chance of rallying to come back in this series. So Perk is on point with the mathematical consistency. Look, the biggest reason for optimism, if there is any, is that the Warriors have home court advantage. And it's just a different animal being down 3-1 when you've got five and maybe seven at home. you got to win one road game. But here's the thing. As great as the Warriors are, as much respect as we all have for the Warriors, and I think they may have found a little something last night with that lineup with Moody along with the core four starters and Draymond at center. We could talk about that later maybe. I just have a hard time envisioning LeBron and Anthony Davis this close, needing one more win, losing three times in a row. When you go down 3-1, I know they have home court. I know whatever the percentages is and all that. You just open yourself up to it just takes one big Davis game, one big LeBron game, one Steph 6-for-21 below average shooting game, and you're done. And it's just hard to imagine the Lakers with those two guys at the top Losing three in a row. Yeah. So I'll say my percentage, my percentage will be 17.8%. That's the percentage I'll give the Warriors. Okay, 17.8%. And LeBron, when I asked him about going into that game five, knowing that the closeout game is the hardest ones to go into and win, he said, well, you can't get comfortable. Against Golden State, you cannot at any point get comfortable. And LeBron knows. He knows how the script is, right? If the Warriors were the team to give up a 3-1 lead to him, he does not want that to come back around, even though the Warriors have some experience in that area. It's just hard to see that coming to fruition. All right, still to come, though on NBA Today. The Lakers, they were not the only team to take a commanding 3-1 lead last night. Emmy. It's starting to feel a whole lot like the bubble, Richard Jefferson. Oh, it is. It's starting to get a little eerie. Some new teams, though. A couple of new teams. I don't think the Knicks are done, though. That's oh, just me. We're going to get into that. I don't think the Knicks or Warriors are done. In just a little bit. We're also going to preview tonight's pivotal Game 5 at TD Garden. Which dynamic duo is going to step up? Is it Embiid and Harden, or is it Tatum and Brown? And then speaking of Game 5s, the Suns, they are back in Denver after two historic wins at home. Can Booker and KD take another one, Richard? Yes, one more. <laughs> I think they got one more. NBA Today, back after the break. I think they got another. Another one. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup. 
blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. NBA Today is presented by PNC Bank. Rooted in communities big and small. All right, another playoff game for Jimmy Butler. Another heat win. Let's go to South Beach, Biscayne Bay, and check out how they got it done. Jalen Brunson getting set, trying to even this series. Bam Adebayo attacking. Thought the Knicks would be better on the glass in this series. Well, after what they did to Danny Green and the Cats, <laughs> yeah, I think well, I I we all thought that. I think we all thought that. But this is one of those things, though. The one team, in my opinion, that was a hell of a block. The one thing, in my opinion, is that the one team in the Eastern Conference that would play as hard as the Knicks are the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. So that extra effort gets negated. And really what the difference is, is the shooting of the Miami Heat. That's what's been the difference. Look at this tough shot by Caleb Martin. I remember a very mediocrely wise man saying on this show yesterday, Danny, and yes, that man is sitting next to you, that the benches <laughs> have been the difference in this series. And all the playoffs. You see in the Phoenix series, you see in all of the series, um, the bench is a big key of what's helped Miami get to this point. You're very wise, Rich. I know know that. I appreciate you confirming (laughs) that. It's more of like, well, but we talked about, we just did a whole segment on Lonnie Walker. You got to have a bench. You got to get some production from the bench. And look, the the Miami Heat are getting a whole lot of production from their bench. And then you got Hemi. You got Hemi doing it all. Yeah, when Jimmy is leading the way, 27 points, 10 rebounds, six, six rebounds, 10 assists. Yeah, no, it's impressive. Look, Duncan Robinson, you know, they probably could get some more from him, but the fact that he is back in the rotation is a good thing for him. It's a great sign. Well, Eric others have been outstanding. Their others have been outstanding. Kalo, Kevin Love, uh, Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, all those guys have been outstanding for them. That's why Miami has a 3-1 lead against the New York Knicks in the second yeah. round. Take a look at this, though, where Spo stacks up. His resume, I mean, it speaks for himself. He now has 103 career playoff wins. That breaks a tie with Pat Riley when he was with the Lakers for the fourth most wins with a single franchise in NBA history. Who do you think is the most notable uni- University of Portland alumni? Uh, Greg Popovich or Phil Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> I would say Megan Rapino, so I'm going to put I'm gonna put Spo second. Let, okay. Let's take a listen to Eric Spolstra. There was nothing easy about the regular season. There's nothing easy about this postseason. Uh, you know, but if you can um, come to grips with that, uh, it can make you collectively stronger. But, um, you know, we, we have great respect for for the competitive nature of, of the Knicks and, and, and what they're bringing every single game. Uh, and just uh, maybe they want it more. I don't know. Um, you know, um, that's been who we are all year, and uh, we got to find a way to, you know, step up and, and make those plays if we want to keep the season alive. 
Rich, What's maybe up? they want it more. Ooh, that's a scary. Again, now this is one of the things I don't get too caught up in those podium sure. sounds because we don't understand the context of the, of the of the conversation. We don't understand the context of the question. So that doesn't sound like the the Julius Randle that has been playing bully ball all all season long. That dominated, like I said, that dominated Danny Green and the Cavs. And so to see him look a little defeated, but again, I don't know the context of the conversation, so I'm not. So let, let's examine the, those Cavs and that matchup, Danny. Why do you think the Knicks look so different here? I think Miami is just playing a little smarter, and they're able to get them in foul trouble. I think that's keeping them a less aggressive on the glass. And when they do go on the glass, they got guys like Kalo in there boxing out, getting offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, and also getting offensive fouls with guys trying to bully him under the basket. Mitchell Robinson's in foul trouble. Josh Hart's in foul trouble. Julius Randle's in foul trouble. When those guys are in foul trouble, it's hard to keep that aggression on the glass. So the biggest difference from our series and, and their series is the IQ of getting to the free throw line and, and using their aggressiveness against them. And Miami's doing that all series. Zach, I'm curious, what do you see here as the difference that has allowed Miami to take this 3-1 chokehold essentially on the series? I think it's just a bunch of little differences. I think they've just been a little bit better at a lot of different things. They have better shooting, more shooting, better depth. They have the best player in the series in Jimmy Butler. They have the best defensive player in the series in Bam Adebayo, who is everywhere and had a monster game last night. Caleb Martin has been the unsung hero of this entire Heat season, hitting threes, guarding Jalen Brunson, kind of rounding out their team. And Julius Randle, look, they went at him defensively last night and made him hedge and rotate and put him through the ringer with Kevin Love and their other shooting forwards. And he just doesn't look comfortable pivoting on that ankle on defense and kind of got torched. I just think the Heat have been a little bit better. And the last thing I'll say is this. Hashtag Heat culture. People have kind of made a joke about that over the last few years as it's become a thing like, oh, here we go with the Heat culture, the Heat. What makes the Heat so special? I don't want to hear anybody joke about that again. It's a real thing. What Spo said in that press conference about respecting the grind, practicing hard, being tough enough for these moments, not wilting in these moments. How many teams have we seen already in the playoffs yeah. look a little shook under the bright lights? The Heat are never shook. It's not some super magical secret sauce that they have that nobody else has, but Heat culture is a thing. It's not for every player, but when they get a bunch of players that buy into it, some special stuff can happen, and they're one win away away from the conference finals again after again three weeks ago I know. looking completely dead in the water in the play-in mm -hmm. tournament there is something real about what they have in Miami and the one thing I want to add to that is, yes, the Heat culture is real. It's like Spurs, Spurs culture. And one of the things when me and Danny were teammates 25 years ago, <laughs> they always say in San Antonio that the postseason and the regular season has the same intensity. Greg Popovich will, will coach you game three the same way he will coach you game three of the postseason. So there's not this like like level raise. And all of these guys have been coached so hard by Eric Spolstra all year. So when they get into the postseason, they are all prepped and ready to go. There's not an intensity raise. Right, and that's Perk was tweeting this morning, as he often does, that you, you don't want to talk about the Knicks. You don't want to look at what they're doing wrong. You want to look at what the Heat did right. So the floor is yours, my friend. Well, it's starting with Eric Spolster. I mean, he's coaching circles around, around Tom Thibodeau. But to add to Zach's point about the culture, it's not about the name on the back of your jersey. And I think teams around the league need to take notice of what the Heat 
or how they're getting it done and who they're getting it done with. We're talking about four guys that were undrafted that the Heat have built through their system and player development. So when you talk about building from the ground up and getting it out the mud, that's the true definition of culture. When you see Gabe Vincent picking up full court and he's impacting the game, when you see guys like uh, Max Struess and, and High Smith coming in and playing rotational minutes, and they put their body up on the line. Kevin Love and Kyle Lowry taking charge after charge last night, which got Julius Randle in foul trouble, which eventually got him sitting on the bench. So when you talk about the Miami Heat, I think everybody around the league needs to change and take a great look at them and say, you know what, do we actually need to go trade and get a big three? Do we need to go top heavy or do we need to correct some things in our organization? Well, the Miami Heat, they are just one win away from becoming the first eight seed to advance to the conference finals since who, Richard? Since the Knicks in 1999. All right, let's get into that. today's games because we're just a couple of hours away from tip-off in Boston. Is it a desperation game for the Celtics? Malcolm Brogdon, he has some thoughts on that that you're going to want to hear. And, I mean, Booker, Jokic, the shooting in this series, it has not disappointed. Will tonight be another instant classic between these two stars? Richard Jefferson, he has some rankings on that. Plus, the Warriors, they are on the brink of elimination. Tim Legler breaks down what LeBron and the Lakers did in last night's thrilling win. You're going to want to hear what he has to say. NBA Today will be right back. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Celtics by two, 28.4 on the game. Harden floater for the tie, got it! And will play overtime! Trying to bully Horford, turn around, got it. Driving against Maxi. no whistle, Tatum, got it! Butter, and Boston leads by two. Out to Harden for the three, got it! Down by one, 10 seconds to play. Smart, got it! in time. So the 76ers even the series at two games apiece. Welcome back to NBA Today presented by PNC Bank. Ooh, baby, this is going to be fun. The 76ers, you can see them getting ready for the Celtics tonight. Joel Embiid, he was out on the court for shoot-around this morning in Boston. You can see not wearing a brace on that injured right knee. Significant after he dropped 34 points, logged 46 minutes in Game 4's overtime win. So, as for the Celtics side of things, let's take a listen to Malcolm Brogdon at today's shoot-around on Boston's mindset. Just focus, locked in. Uh, this is a must-win for us. Um, yeah. It's a must win. It's a, it's a desperation mindset for us tonight. Um, we have to have this one. 
Okay, so if the Celtics sixth man is saying, sixth man of the year is saying, all right, this is a must win, do you think it is? I agree. I mean, every, every game is a must win in the playoffs, of course. But to keep and protect home court, you have to win on your home floor. If you lose home court, then you're a lot of trouble in the seven-game series. Hmm. Uh, look, I, I, tr I trust Brogdon. I'm not going to question him as a player and as a leader. It is a little weird to hear someone say, look, this is a must win. You know, we're playing with desperation. It's like, no, you're just protecting home court. There's a level of confidence. It's like, hey, they did what they had to do. We did what we had to do. Now we just need to protect home court versus saying that we're playing with desperation. Sure. It's like, but maybe that's what they're missing. That's what they've been missing is maybe a fire, a little, a, fire, a little bit of desperation. And if that's the message he wants to push out, I don't think it's a must win. I think it's just they, they need to protect home court. I, th I think the sense of urgency he's trying to put in his teammates, which I go back to Julius Randle, I think the reason he said what he said on the podium right. was not him being defeated. I think it was letting Let's his teammates it. know mm -hmm. we got to want it more than the other team. So I think Brogdon is letting them know we need to have a sense of urgency. Our back's against the wall right now. We need to play like it. And usually they play pretty well with their backs against so the wall. So if you're the Sixers, how do you get it done uh, in Boston? Uh, Perk, Perk got something to say. Oh, what, I, what I know. Per, Perk's got a lot want? to say. What you want, bro? I, I, no, I do. I, I just want to have a conversation with y'all. I know I'm, from, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm at the crib, but I just want to have a conversation about, you know, we, we talk, we talk, y'all was just speaking on how Malcolm Brogdon was saying, you know, like basically it's a sense of urgency needs to be there and he's lighting a fire uh -huh. under this team. We're talking about a team that actually went to the finals last year. We're talking about a team right. that has, like, on a consistent basis has told us that they don't give a damn about the regular season, that this is the moment that they've been waiting on. Right. We're talking about a team that has looked like an AAU team this postseason. I'm trying to see why in the hell do this Celtic team need anybody to light a fire up under them when they're supposed to be on a mission to go and win the NBA championship anyway. Right, so every game should be a must win because this is not their goal to get to a game five or win this series. Their goal is to win the championship. I just want to know, when are we going to see some actual structure when it comes down to the Boston Celtics? Because this don't look like a team that I can just point at and say, you know what, they're going to win the championship. You know what, they the clear-cut favorite. And as the Milwaukee, when the Milwaukee Bucks went out, I think we should all agree that we should have pointed at the Celtics and say, this is the team that should actually win it. But we can't sit up here comfortable and say that. No, I, look, look, I understand. And look, not very, very few times do I ever communicate with Perk outside of this show. Very, very few times. <laughs> I don't talk to him a lot. But back earlier in the fall, and the, and the Boston Celtics had a six-game, I think, road trip. They went four and two. Mm -hmm. And I was like, the Boston Celtics, that was not a very good road trip. I was like, that was – and they're like, what are you talking about four and two? How, Richard Jefferson doesn't know what he's talking about. And I'm like, if you watch you right? how they play, if you watch, this is a team that should win 60 games. Coming off of finals, young, added pieces and players. They were primarily healthy through the whole season. And it was like, if you watch how they play, there's a lack of a sense of urgency. That's why they went four and two. Perk hit me up like – Three days ago, I was like, I see what you were talking about back in the <laughs> fall about this team just missing something. And that's what it is. So I don't mind Malcolm Brogdon putting a little fire because this team should be the best team in the league. Hunt. Them in Milwaukee, and they're just missing something, and I can't quite figure out what it is. I think uh, there was a lot of drama in the offseason. Losing Ime changed a lot of dynamic of that. And as a team that went to the finals last year, they should be more mature. There is some inconsistency. I know, Perk, you're an ex-Celtic, and you want to see them be more mature and more consistent. Um, but they're a young oh, team. They're still I'm very good. Unbiased. They're very good. And they're they're going to still play well. But they said this, the maturity level right now this year was very questionable. Um, we've seen it throughout the playoffs. They have some good games. 
But this is the reason why it's a seven-game series. Even yeah. with the inconsistency and the immaturity, I still think they're one of the better teams, if not the best team in the East. Well, we heard Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum talk about how the summer affected them, right? How they spent all summer long with people coming up to him saying, oh, congratulations on such a great run. And while that should have been something nice to hear, they took that as, man, we were this close and we couldn't yeah, that, quite that get it sucks. done, right? We actually have another game five tonight. We have the Suns and the Nuggets. That's all tied up at 2-2 as well. Denver is actually a six-point home favorite tonight. This series, it has been a super star showcase. You have Nikola Jokic, you have Devin Booker, you have Kevin Durant. They are all averaging over 30 points a game this series, which begs the question, Mr. Richard Jefferson. Yes. It feels like this is a good time to rank the players who are left in the postseason. Now, I want to be very clear. This is based on their performance in this postseason. Okay, well, I don't know what the little hop I don't know. It's really okay, kind of okay, funny Okay, <laughs> so this is what I'm saying. It's, it's, a little, it's, it's fluid, okay? So it's we're fluid. Gonna work, we're going to work. Like we're going to work. Okay, so look. This is why I'm putting Anthony Davis number five. Okay. Five. You went backwards. I'm going to go five to one. Okay. I'm going to go five. The build up okay. the drama. I don't want to go okay. one to five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay, so five to one. Anthony Davis is a player that teams are having to adjust to their lineups. We've watched the Warriors. The Warriors have their best starting five, whether it was Looney, Draymond, Clay, uh, Wiggins, and Steph. It's hard for them to play that lineup because you have two non-shooters on the floor that allows Anthony Davis to just roam. Right. So him, just his presence on the defensive end. So that's number five. Number four, I don't know who I'm going to pick. Ooh, Danny, we, has, wait, Danny has a thought. Danny has a thought. I'm gonna go with Steph, man. No, we're gonna go with Steph number four. Okay, okay, I don't. Wait, here, here I, I got it. I got it. Nice and slow, gentle, gentle. Look, it's Steph Curry, triple double king. And the only reason I have Steph at four is because some other guys have been playing unbelievably out of their minds this playoff season. But Steph would normally be in your top three. But yes, Steph is a guy. Consistently, night in, night out, have given the Warriors a chance of winning this right. winning game. Plus, that game seven performance, I know it was Sacramento. It has to carry. Some it is. Weight. It carries a lot of weight. What I liked last night is more of that. He played a true point guard spot. Yep. Got a triple double. It's a lot Only more the work. Only he's ever had. In yeah, the it, but but I'm saying it's all of the pick and rolls that yep. he was having to do, and that got Anthony Davis up. So they had to switch how they were playing. Step went to a different role, and the fact that he has the ability to do that yep. is just next level. Number three. So number three. The big man, Ooh. the big man in the middle, my guy Jokic. What was that? I don't know. That was that was <laughs> okay. my Boban accent. Oh, yeah, Matumbo. <laughs> He's been so impressive. When you talk about teams having to adjust, he is the hub of a great offense. He scores 50 points in a game. Yeah. He does all the things that his team needs him to do. Ten plus assists. Ten plus assists every single night. He can beat you with 20 rebounds. He can beat you with 15 assists. You don't know. So that's why he is the hardest player currently right now to game plan against. If you let him do it by himself, it gets you with a 50 ball. If you try and double team you, that's a bad idea. All right. All right. I've been to going back and forth, and I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go with Devin Booker. Ooh. As number two. That's unreal. This is why I'm going to say Devin Booker is number two. Of the players up here, he has the lowest defensive rating. So he has been on fire offensively. Okay. On fire offensively. The best offensive guy in – he's been the best offensive guy in the league. But he's that's number two. His defensive rating could be a little higher. Doesn't have any help. When I say doesn't have any help, he doesn't have any rest. He can't go get seven, eight minutes, and that typically improves your defense because you're kind of resting on defense so you can go get all the buckets. That's tough, man, because he's – Best player scoring-wise since Mike. Yeah, I agree. Put him at number two is. So then who's you, number one? Himmy, oh. Himmy, Himmy Butler. 
That man sent home the Milwaukee Bucks. I know. They lost Tyler Hero. Yes. They've got a one-legged Kyle Lowry out there. <laughs> My God, love you, Kyle. He's giving it everything you got. But Jimmy Butler and his performance, they did it in five, bro. Yeah. They no, did they, it in five. They sent them home ex- expeditiously. Yeah. You know, and they're about to do it to the Knicks. And on top of it, wait, wait, wait. On top of it, he's one game away from sending the Knicks home. Right now, Devin Booker, look, he like if you're talking about one versus eight, now he's got to go against the Knicks who just destroyed the Cavs. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah. But it was just <laughs> – yeah, so but that's all I'm saying. So Jimmy Butler defensively, offensively, we've seen his epic performances and they haven't stopped. That's why I think he currently is the top player. Maybe not the numbers, but that's my guy. Okay, so we have four players all in the West. We have one player in the East. Kendrick Perkins, your thoughts on this list? Well, I, it's just it's very <laughs> funny to me how how Danny just said, oh, put Steph at number four. And you and RJ, Malika, just said, oh, yeah. But when I didn't have Steph at number one and number two, it was a big old You had, the, like, you had so the Aaron to see Fox. <laughs> you had the Aaron Fox over him. That is why. Stop bringing that up, bro. Uh, no, I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing it up. And Anthony Davis is too low. Anthony Davis is too low on that list. Like, come on now. Like, when we talk about defensive Don't impact, it's no other Perk. guy in the league. We're going to get into Anthony Davis more. We're going to get into Steph Curry more because we still have Tim Legler, and oh. he is coming through. He's going to break down the key adjustment to the Lakers that they made in the fourth quarter last night. You are not going to want to miss what Legs has to say. This breakdown, it is excellent. We'll be back after the break. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Despite Steph Curry's third career 30-point triple-double in the playoffs, the Golden State Warriors, they are staring down a 3-1 hole after dropping game four to the Lakers last night. Now, Steph, he missed a couple of shots late. Our very own Tim Legler, he has some thoughts on why some of the decisions were made by the Warriors on the defensive end and how that may have impacted Steph's legs down the stretch. Take a listen. Well, Malika, there's a lot the Warriors can take a look at to clean up, but I think one thing they really need to look at is how they are switching on LeBron James. He's basically picking who he wants to play against, and often that means it's a big disadvantage for the Warriors. Take a look at a couple examples, and this is important here, two-point game. Come down, and LeBron James right off the bat is pointing at Lonnie Walker because he wants him to come all the way up from the deep corner. 
to set this screen, and that means you're going to involve Steph Curry as the switch. But take a look what happens when Klay Thompson does a really nice job reading this. And Klay Thompson's actually going to jump out here and pick up Walker. So they communicate the first one pretty well. Klay jumps out. Now, stop it here. You got a good situation. Klay Thompson and LeBron James is not that bad of a situation defensively, but LeBron says, wait, you're not off the hook just yet, Steph Curry. I'm going to call now Walker again over from the baseline in the corner to bring Steph involved, and ultimately you're trying to get a switch so LeBron can operate over here in a one-on-one place against Steph Curry, and that's exactly what he gets. Now, LeBron doesn't score on this, but look at the pressure it puts on the weak side defense. As he drives, you now have two defenders pinning the ball on the baseline, and that forces a wing on the backside to try to deal with Anthony Davis. LeBron James ends up with a simple drop-off. AD scores in front of the rim. Easy pickings for the Lakers all set up by that switch. Now, this one I think is even more obvious when you can get away with not switching. And again, LeBron is going to call players all the way over, this far away from the ball, simply because he wants to target Steph Curry. Wiggins is on him. That's the matchup you want. When LeBron James is this far out on the court, there's no reason why Steph Curry can't come out with a hard show, let Wiggins go under the screen, and meet LeBron on this side. There's no reason to switch this, and that's exactly what they do. LeBron gets it. Now he's going to take a couple power dribbles. You see playing some bully ball, gets downhill, gets fouled, goes to the line at a critical time in the game. Two point, one point lead for the Lakers, a minute 19 to go. So I think it's something that Steve Kerr needs to look at. Obviously making some shots and late game execution will help. But this is one slight tweak I'd like to see the Warriors make. Thank you so much, Tim. All right, Richard, I want to start with you here because you have had your eyes on Steph Curry, the point guard. Why? Well, because that is the best way to get Anthony Davis away from the rim. The Lakers are traditionally playing with one big. They're playing with him, and he's playing. He's been an absolute problem defensively. And we talked about it earlier where the Warriors' best lineup has Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Poole, uh, uh, Draymond, and Looney. Mm-hmm. The only problem is when you got Looney and you got Draymond, you got two non-shooters. That basically means that Anthony Davis, who is a defensive monster, gets to basically play free safety. That is very, very difficult. So when Steph, they're like, okay, this is going to be our adjustment. Uh, we're going to put Steph as the primary ball handler. And it takes more work to do this. All those dribbles, like, it's easier to run, but when you're having to navigate that, but he did an out standing job. It was so impressive to watch him. 31-14 and look, for a Warriors team that typically throws the ball away, he only had two turnovers. So he played an extremely efficient game outside of what he was shot from three, but I think the reason why he struggled from three was because he was forced to do all of that extra work in the point guard space. Mm. So like that was the adjustment, and I'm curious if they're going to continue doing that, because it worked offensively, but I do believe there was a fatigue factor in some of his shooting. Zach, what stood out to you from Steph? Uh, I thought it was an absolutely brilliant game. 14 assists completely tore apart the Lakers' defense in the first half when Gary Payton, the second, was a screen setter. But to Richard's point, look, the Draymond-Looney combination, they've broken it apart. And last night, they closed with Moody in that right. fifth spot because I think they just said we're going all shooting Gary Payton the second's not a shooter we don't trust Jordan Poole and by the way we haven't talked about it one of the biggest stories from the Warriors perspective in this series has been that Jordan Poole has just been bad on both ends of the floor and they're going to need him to be something to win this series I bet they go back to that lineup hmm. earlier in game five with their season on the line and see where do you put Anthony Davis in that lineup 
Do we want him in the pick and roll, or are we comfortable with him over on the side if he's on Wiggins or something like that? It's a fascinating little chess match, but I thought Steph was brilliant and was the only reason they had a chance to win the game last night until that rough last minute. Right. Steph was brilliant. I think to, to your point, Zach, Kareth Burke with NBC had some fantastic reporting around Jordan Poole, around his his sort of mood post-game, whether or not he wanted to speak to reporters. It seems like he really didn't. Then when he did, it was very short, short answers. I don't know. We'll see. I'll have to look. And, and just sort of his body language around all that. So it's going to be interesting to see how this group comes back and responds. But we have a little bit more we need to get to on this show. If there is anyone, Richard, who knows what it takes to win a title. Oh, oh, you mean Mr. Journeyman over here? I'm talking about, I mean, you have one title. Yeah, it's like uh, him Danny and Ish Smith. Him <laughs> and Ish Smith. He takes us through what Doom, each contender needs Matt Barnes. Ish. <laughs> with everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. NBA Today is presented by PNC Bank. Rooted in communities big and small. Welcome back to NBA Today. So you may or may not have heard of the game Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. But Danny, you're in a very unique position. You've won three titles. It feels like you've played everywhere. So I feel like there's only six degrees of separation between you and literally everybody. everybody. Yeah, everybody, every team in the league. So we're going to do a little spin on that here. All right. Six Degrees of Danny Green. I'm going to lay out a team to you, the relationship to you, Danny. These are contenders, and we're going to talk about their title chances, how they will be that. But here's a catch. You only have 24 seconds on the clock. We're going to start with the 76ers because you played Danny in Philly from 2020 to 2022. 24 seconds. Philly will win if blank. If James Harden continues to play the way he's playing, Philly can win that series and get out of the East, Eastern Conference Finals uh, and make it to the Finals. James was not only facilitating but scoring at a high clip. Him getting 40, 45 first game, I thought he could never do it again, but getting 42 in game four definitely proved me wrong. See, and he made so many buzzer beaters. He still has like 10 seconds left on the clock. All right, let's yeah. shift to another team now. You won a title <laughs> with LeBron, AD, the Lakers. That was in the bubble. So, Perk, if the Lakers win, the Lakers will win another title if... 
If the others don't get rattled by the moment of reaching the NBA Finals, hmm. because remember, we saw it happen with the Celtics. That's a big stage, and you have to block out all the outside noise, all the extra media attention, and remember that it's basketball. But if the LeBron James and AD could gather their troops and make them embrace the moment and live in the moment, they could actually win the title. Okay, how about this one? Danny, you also won a championship <laughs> with Kyle Lowry and the Raptors. That was in 2019. And, of course, Kyle Lowry is now on the Miami Heat, so that's a connection there. Richard, the Heat are going to win it all if. Ooh, if the Knicks don't show up and wake up, if the Knicks don't get any love from their bench, that's what they got to get more of. Right now, Hart, who I was big fan of, he destroyed Danny and the Cavs. Uh, you know, he had four points. Hartenstein got two points, and then Obi Toppin. What really crushed them was losing their guy quickly. That was their burst off the bench, not having him because he can play fast. He plays with a burst. He plays with energy. He can win you a quarter, and that can be a key quarter. So if the Heat are going to win a title, or excuse me, the Heat win a title if the Knicks don't get anything so they done. They just need to get past the Knicks. They just need to get All past right. the Knicks, and they're done. Last but certainly not least, the title that you won with the Lakers, it also included Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and he now plays in Denver. See, we could do this all day long. Zach, the Nuggets, they win a title if what? If they keep playing well and bubble Jamal Murray keeps showing up, the Nuggets have everything they need to win the title. Nikola Jokic has been neck and neck with Devin Booker and Jimmy Butler as the best player in this round of the playoffs. They have home court in the West. It's going to be tough, but if Jamal Murray keeps being a legit second star and the guys off the bench, Christian Brown, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, keep doing their job, they've got enough to pull it off. It ain't going to be easy. This round ain't going to be easy, but they got enough and sorry well there you go there's your six degrees of Danny Green how about this do we have any Danny Green teammates on the all defensive team we'll take a look there because this is the appetizer the all NBA teams will be released tomorrow that's going to do it for us we'll Make see you day. then